Cellmates, a podcast where we are animated and we, wait, you gave me a look. Yeah, no, that's great. I was just wondering how far you were going to get on one breath. Welcome to Cellmates, an animated podcast where we talk about uh, animated movies. It's not an animated podcast. It's a regular <laughs> podcast where we talk about animated movies. We uh, take two movies. Uh, we kind of swoosh them in a thing. We throw a Venn diagram over them and we see what, what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Often, these movies are Disney. This is Kate Phillips saying, but not always. Often, these movies are musicals. Dick Ward, not always. And often, these movies are Disney. Not always. I'm Dick Ward. Kate Phillips. I, I feel like I took care of that. Well, I did it out of order. We are we are animated in like spirited, like the stallion of the Cimarron. I would say like... <laughs> I would say like half the time we're animated. Yeah. There there have been several episodes where I was basically laying on a couch not moving. That's and true. That was only after back surgery, though. Well, and just when I'm tired. Yeah. Oh, I guess last time you were on some like Robitussin or Dimatap. Oh, uh, no, I was on some Dayquil. 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 That, that got me through the episode. Uh, Defender of the NyQuil. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, yeah, Kate. Did, Dick. Kate. Yeah. Kate, what you drinking? <gasps> well... Dick Ward, I am drinking yes, Phillips. Uh, a drink inspired uh, by a drink I saw at a restaurant once that apparently isn't a drink because it's not on the internet, uh-huh. but it's called the Midwesterner, um, and it, our drink is inspired by it because we didn't have like fresh berries, but we did have berry simple syrup, um, and so it's like, it's blackberry, basil, and whiskey, so we did... Raspberry, basil, simple syrup, and whiskey. Okay. And then we added lemonade to it because... It's um, delicious. Not only, you know, when we think Midwesterner, mm. we think our upbringings, mm-hmm. um, and and our upbringings involve dads. Whoa. Whoa. Surprise. <laughs> dads. Um, and and our, our dads wouldn't mind throwing in some lemonade to a drink. Especially, also, our, our dads are like the most Midwestern guys. They are very Midwestern. Yeah. If I think Midwest, I'm like, oh, yeah, our yeah. dads. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fun fact, when my Midwestern dad uh, drank a homemade version of the Midwesterner that we made out of blackberry jam and all those ingredients, uh-huh. uh, he finished off his drink because there was jam left in the bottom uh, by taking ridged potato chips and dipping them into the blackberry jam to make sure he got all of the jam out of the that drink. Sounds pretty tasty. Which sound which feels like he leveled up into yeah. the ultimate midwesterner yeah. uh, which is very impressive. Yeah. We Dick. weren't we weren't talking about horses. But you mentioned spirit. Did you know that Philip, your surname, oh. Phillips, means fond of horses? Hmm. I did not. Oh, now you do. Is that true? Probably. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Are there horses? Are Are the movies we're talking about today about horses? There's part of a horse in one of them. That is true. See, Dick, let me <laughs> let me answer my question with another question. Yeah, what movies? What, Dick, was... does your Midwestern dad uh, normally wear pants? He does. You would would you call them dad pants? I would call them dad pants. My Very dad, much 
Yeah. Also wears pants. Whoa. Yeah. Does he? Let me ask you about about the the way your dad wears pants. Does mm-hmm. he wear them like normally, or is it a little bit off kilter? Maybe a little bit goofy. Ooh, he does wear his pants a little oh, bit goofy. Oh boy! Because he's a dad. What he's are you gonna dad. do? Um, great. So our movies today <laughs> are two movies featuring uh, dad's dad pants. wearing pants. Sometimes that's the only part of the <laughs> dad the you can part. see. Um, we are looking at Onward yeah. and a goofy movie. Yeah. Uh, did any, besides dad's wearing pants, which are a lot of other movies, and Goofy's pants are like um, okay. stereotypically like okay, high-waisted. Great. To be, uh-huh. I just want to get this out of the way. The reason we are obsessed with the pants part of this <laughs> is because before we could remember the name of the movie Onward, <laughs> we had seen the preview in theaters, and in Onward, it's like... A dad who's like half magically brought back to life, but uh-huh. he shows his bottom half. We would just call the movie "Dad Pants," yeah, because that's all. That's well, it's, it's, like, it's all the trailer really revealed about yeah, the movie. Dad pants. There's there are dad pants. There are dad pants. Mm-hmm. Something's happening. Um, and it just we the term is a very fond one in our household. Uh, we use it all the time. Yeah, dad pants. Are there any other reasons besides Goofy's comically high-waisted kind of yeah. short situation and these dad pants uh, that we might pair these two movies together, Dick? Uh, I mean, they're they're both uh, in some way or another about the relationship between a father and a son. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're strong like family movies. They're also mm-hmm. they're kind of road trips. They are, yeah. They're like quest road both quest movies trips. are mostly road trip, yeah, um, which is neat. Yeah. You kind of came up with this one on a whim. Yes. Because we wanted to pair Onward with something. Um, and just like all of a sudden you come up with, oh, the Goofy movie. Yeah. That's Absolutely. about a road trip, right? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was I was uh, pretty hype about that. Dick, you Kay. came up with the Goofy movie as a pairing. Uh, did you know anything about this movie before it popped into your brain as the pairing for this movie? Yes. What did you know? <laughs> um, I'd seen a Goofy movie. I'm pretty sure I saw it in, in the theaters when it came out. I've probably seen it once or twice since then. Um, but, like, it's been a while. Like, I don't super... I didn't super remember it. Like, like there wasn't, like, a giant surprise or anything. I didn't, I didn't forget. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, been a while since I'd seen it. This Goofy um, movie is 95... I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it like it's one of those movies I don't th- like it didn't do well in theaters and I don't know how many people in like my age bracket saw it when it came out, but I have several friends who are like, "No, this is maybe my favorite Disney movie of all time." And like there's there's also debate uh there's um some debate online about whether it counts as part of the Renaissance or not, mm. because it is not um, Walt Disney Animated Pictures or whatever. It's a it's, combination of it's things, a, like a Disney Tune studio. It's a col- so it's not fully Disney Tune. Oh, it's like a collaboration. It's like they didn't really know who to give it to, so it's like part like it was animated at the main building in Burbank. Part mm-hmm. of it was, or like that was like the story and the character design. Yeah, but they outsourced the like frame to frame animation to the to Disney Tunes in France. Interesting. And it was also Disney Channel was involved in it because yeah. it was based on Goof Troop, the Disney Channel show. Yeah. 
So there were a lot of kind of like uh, chefs in the stir in the pot here. Um, but yeah, it wasn't you could. So my experience with this movie is yeah. I forgot or never knew that it was released in theaters uh-huh. because it was such a but I was very aware of it. Yeah, it was such a home video staple um, that that's I just assumed it was direct to video being yeah. what it was about and everything. Did you see this movie when you were younger? I did. I definitely saw it at my cousin's house because they had every VHS that ever came out from nice. like 1991 to to VHS not being a thing. Yeah. Um, so we definitely saw it at their house. I would have told you before I watched this um, that like, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie one time. But there were a lot of scenes in this movie that I was like intensely familiar with like I couldn't have told you where they were going but it just felt like deja vu like as soon as the scene popped up and this happened a couple of times yeah oh yeah I know this like I would get chills because I'm like oh I know this song I I didn't know I knew this song but I know it so I've seen it at least two times but it might have been like one of those movies that was on in the background because you know, if we're at our cousin's house, we're on vacation because they lived that far away. Yeah, you're so. like playing games or something, yeah. but Goofy Movie's on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was like this, like a new movie to adult me, but it had some strong like muscle memory or muscle sense memory yeah. kind of moments, which was really cool. That's sweet. Yeah. Nice. And I did not watch Goof Troop, the show. Did you watch? Probably. Probably. Here's the the thing. I feel like, if I remember correctly, a Goofy movie is different than Goof Troop the show, Mm -hmm. which I think bothered me when I saw it the first time, because I was like, "Sure, this isn't accurate to the show. Max is older, right? Like, Max is like a kid in the show and a teen in the movie. So, like, that that might be true, but it also might just be something I'm assuming. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And at what point does Disney Channel become part of regular cable because this also might have been a point where we just didn't have disney channel i oh that's i don't know the answer to that yeah i'll be honest because i wasn't really like nickelodeon is where we watched cartoons right. not the disney channel right so um like i like i never watched ducktales or tailspin or any of that like disney channel afternoon oh man uh deal yeah you missed out I, I think I missed out on DuckTales, yeah. but I'm not sure that I missed out on anything else. Tailspin's pretty good. Chippendale Rescue Ranger's pretty good. Yeah. All right, Dick, would you like to- Darkwing s- Duck's pretty good. Summer, my brother really liked Darkwing Duck just because he was a superhero. I don't no. know that he watched a single episode of it, but he loved Fair. Darkwing Duck. Fair. Do you want me to summarize this movie? I would. Could you do, do it in uh, two minutes or less? I, I could try, but if you, you'll have to set some sort of timer, like cookie-related timer. A very cookie timer. Okay. An extremely cookie timer. Uh, no, well, that's, that's the sequel. sequel. Yeah. All right. Cookie timer set and summarize this movie. Go. A goofy movie. Okay. So there's this kid, Max. He uh, is kind of a nerd at school and he wants to be cool. So he's like, yo, uh, here's what I'm going to do. Like during the end of the year assembly, I am going to like bust down to the stage and do these cool dance moves and stuff. He does them. It's awesome. Everyone loves him, but he gets in trouble. And his dad finds out that he's getting in trouble. And his dad, uh, Goofy, uh, works with this dude, Pete. And Pete, anyway, Pete's kind of a jerk. He's like, yo, Goofy, your kid your kid might get into gangs and violence and stuff. And Goofy's like, gorsh. Um, and so he's like, cool, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to solve this right now with some good old-fashioned parenting. I'm taking my kid on a father-son road trip. 
Max is not happy about this. Mm-mm. So they go on this road trip. They make a bunch of stops along the way. They go to Lester's Possum Park, which is a really nice send up of Disney World or parts <laughs> of Disney World. Um, and they go to like a couple of other spots. And, and Max like has this opportunity to change the map because he's like the navigator because he wants to go to L.A. Uh, to go to this Powerline concert. Now, Powerline is this super cool rock star uh, that he was like dancing as at his school, and he was supposed to go on a date. Sorry, he was supposed to go on a date with this girl, Roxanne. Um, it doesn't work out because he has to go on this trip, but he's like, no, it's because I'm going to the Powerline concert because when you're a kid, you just lie all the time. He lies all the time. Um, and through all sorts of happenstance, he and Goofy actually end up having a really beautiful heart-to-heart talk they go bust into the powerline concert goofy lands on the stage does this crazy dance max gets on the stage does it too it's famous everyone loves him and all the kids at school are like yo you're great and then he gets another date with roxanne and reconnects with his dad two minutes hey that's pretty good thank you i think uh a nice heart-to-heart talk is uh a little bit of a an undersell of that scene in the movie <laughs> where they're like careening down a waterfall yeah. on a vehicle that's somehow floating yeah. the whole time. Um, yeah, real, real gentle, hey, heart-to-heart a, talk. That's a uh, something that's the same in both of these movies. Uh, heart-to-heart talks on vehicles that probably should not be working the way they are. Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like a floating car or uh, onwards, giant floating Cheeto. Oh, yeah, the floating cheetah. Yeah. Dick, did this viewing of a Goofy movie hold up to what you remembered? Yes. From the 90s? Yes. I was amazed how well it held up because I was like, this probably won't be as good as I remember Mm -hmm. or this probably won't be as good as people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. There were were one or two scenes that were just like, why is this here? Like, Mm -hmm. it was a little padded. There 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 was some padding. There was some unnecessary stuff. Um, and like, I kind of was embarrassed about how much I used to love Pauly Shore just going, what easel instead of, instead of weasel, he'd say, what easel. I remember that was comedy. Leaning tower of cheese. Yeah. I remembered that. It was vividly. Yeah. It's not great. (laughs) Um, but, but you know what? That was, that was what we wanted in the. In the 90s. Yeah. Um, oh, but that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the movie, I think, I think held up pretty well. It was really interesting to watch because as a kid, I think watching it, I was like, yeah, Goofy's such an asshole. Max is right. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, yeah. That, like, <laughs> but they're both, they're both a little wrong. They're both a little right. Uh-huh. They're really bad at communicating. Yeah. Goofy is not great at handling a teenage son. Right. And no. Max as a teenage son, is not good at handling anything. None of the like, ad- like I was. None of the adults in this movie are particularly good with children. And with teenagers. With especially. teenagers. Goofy's if- great with children. We see that, that is early true, in the movie. Actually. He's amazing with children. He's like a mall He's photographer. Bad with teenagers. Yeah. 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 Um, so it very much feels written from the teenage angst perspective. Because um, all these adults are like, no, you have to do it this way. And yeah. like, willfully not asking the teenager like what do you want or what what, do you want? what is the problem what is interested what is interesting to you yeah 
I remember at the time seeing it, like, not having any interest in it because that was, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, I, I think after maybe, like, the 1960s, yeah. like, Mickey and his friends kind of become irrelevant to children. Like, Mickey especially. <laughs> like, unless you are seeing a dude dressed up as Mickey in a theme yeah. park. I don't care about Mickey and his friends when I'm a kid like, in the 90s. It's amazing to me that kids want to meet Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Why would you want to meet Mickey Mouse? Right. Like, I guess he's got, he's got like a Mickey Mouse clubhouse show. Yeah. Like, and like now we've talked about, um, we talked about on cartoons. 30 Days of Plus, the new cartoon yeah. is a little bit more. Um, but like five years ago, maybe. Even, yeah. It's like, why would you want to meet Mickey Mouse? He's not Dora the Explorer. He's not right. Like he's not. He's not a thing that kids. I watch. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I, I've barely watched Mickey Mouse. So I remember as a kid going into this movie with skepticism yeah. of like, well, why would I care about Goofy and his goofy. family? But remember being pleasantly surprised yeah. by it. Like I didn't remember any of the specifics, but I remember having a positive interaction with this. Mm-hmm. And same as an adult. Like, um, yeah, this was delightful. Yeah, Kate. Yeah. We got another movie, though. We do. Tell me about your experience with Onward. Well, um, it's just about the same for everyone (laughs) but a select few in this country. (laughs) Because Onward had the... So I remember seeing previews and the original, like, the teasers that were just like a couple seconds long and some concept art did not do it for me. It looked like it was going to be... Um, a good dinosaur quality of like it just wasn't clear what it was trying to make some like goofy sassy characters out of all of these kind of magical elves and unicorns and trolls and stuff and I'm like uh, this feels more like a DreamWorks concept right it's like a Shrek or, or um, a Hotel Tran- Transylvania or Bright or something like that where it's just like isn't Bright like horror it's like kind, kind of, of like sci-fi future horror. action, uh-huh. but it does like the same thing. It does some, some similar things to this movie, mm. but badly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I didn't want to see this movie, really. No. Um, and then no one really got to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it came out uh, a week before. The world shut down, or mm-hmm. at least this country shut down. For, or at least New York shut down. Uh, a thing, yeah, you may, may or may not have heard of it, called a pandemic. Um, well, yeah, like that like, game we love. Yeah, like the game. Yeah. Um, it opened March 6th. Um, <laughs> and even in that week, it's like the sixth highest grossing film of 2020 and th- because it was one of the only ones that got to a theater in time. <laughs> you said open March 6th and I just, I started Yeah, like, that's no, too bad. That's such a bad day to too open. Too bad. Um, but they really quickly um, got it up to Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I think it was like by first week of April, if not sooner, that they're just like, well, theaters are shut down for a while. Let's throw this on to Disney Plus. Like they Plus. got Onward there. They got Frozen 2 up there. Yeah. And they weren't uh, $30. No, they weren't thirty dollars. It was just to part of the streaming service you now already paid for. Um, Mulan, live action Mulan. Who, 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 who is paying thirty dollars for live action Mulan? There's streaming? probably some people. Who are so they? So it's it's too bad. Okay, sidebar. Sidebar. It is too bad that e- I am against live action remakes, but it is too bad that. 
like this like Aladdin is a cast of all people who should be in Mulan, right? So it's an all I'm assuming you're correct. Who should be in in a movie that takes place in China. Right, this is an all Asian cast and it was, you know, in an, in normal times would have been released as a blockbuster this summer. Um it is too bad that that it doesn't get a chance to be a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Um and so I understand of like wanting to give it a little bit of like specialness. Um, but it's also a Mulan live action remake. It's not like a new yeah. f- fun idea for a movie. Look, <laughs> like <laughs> the, I, I'm not going to see the Lion King live action remake. I did not want to see the Beauty and the Beast live action remake. And those movies are great. Mulan is the original movies, yeah. to clarify, not Sorry, the live action. Those movies those original movies are yeah. great. The original Mulan is a fine movie. With some pretty good music, it and means, this doesn't have the music. It means a lot to a lot of people, yeah, and it doesn't have music. See, So here's the thing. If Lion King was supposed to come out this summer live action, I can see them doing a $30. For Lion King, for yeah. For Beyonce alone, right? Yeah. But like Mulan doesn't... It'll be interesting. There's a whole streaming service so for Beyonce right alone. now, Mulan is coming to Disney Plus streaming in December. I wonder if that's going to get pushed up a little bit if mm-hmm. no one pays $30 for yeah, it. because who's... So we may get to see it earlier. Um, or we may just not watch it because who cares? Onward came Onward. to um, Disney Plus, which I think I think we'll get into this, but I think in general works in Onward's favor. Yeah. Because um, I think I I know anyone I know who has seen Onward has only seen it because like. Oh, it's sitting around on Disney Plus. Why not? It's As new. opposed to like, no yeah. one was talking about like, oh, I have to see this March drop of a Pixar movie, which is also a weird time for a Pixar movie yeah. to drop. Like they do summer or it seemed November. Like it, it seemed like it was being released as a B movie. Yes, right. Yeah, very much so. Not Jerry Seinfeld B movie, but no. just a, a they lower know. Tier like movie. Toy Story was their holiday movie, Toy Story Four, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, we'll just kind of. Like, Toss this one off. It'll it'll get the money it gets. Let me let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Inside Out was released? Was that a June? That was like a yeah. It's like a May or June. Still, yeah. yeah, it okay, was cool. specifically for summer. Did did you have a different experience with Onward than that, or no. or are there any other details of your Onward journey that you would like to share here? Uh, yeah, we we saw the trailer for Dad Pants before Frozen <laughs> Two. I think was it okay? Probably right. And we were like, oh, that looks like a movie. The trailer does not... The trailer's bad. The trailer shows, like, at least one of the scenes in the movie that I think is probably one of the least interesting scenes in the movie. Which one's that? Introducing the neighborhood. Because it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And it's, like, all of this sensory input about, like, oh, there's elves and there's centaurs. But they're, like, goofy. Yeah. Like, this guy's a donut eating... Like, this centaur is a donut eating cop who makes bad dad jokes yeah like like that's uh. the least interesting part of Mm -hmm. this to me and uh interestingly enough we've been we've been playing uh the video game uh wolf among us which has different fairy tale creatures Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. but that's been really interesting right because i think the idea is it's is is not trying to like i don't know it's just it's not trying to shrek it up yeah. And I feel like any time, like, I I get it. Unicorns are are the like, pigeons of this world. Pigeons or the are like feral dogs. It's 
I don't care about it. Like it's it's coded correctly, but I can't figure out what the analog is. Like they're always around trash, and they like hiss at you through bared teeth. This is this it's is almost like monkeys. This <laughs> is a joke that has never like Futurama, uh, one of my favorite shows. I love it so much. There is a ongoing joke that never works. That. <laughs> Um, instead of pigeons, they now have owls. And that's kind of the absurdity. Uh-huh. Because, ah, there's another owl or something. Uh-huh. And it never works. <laughs> and like the writers know it. They're like, we, we really wanted this to work. We thought <laughs> the idea is funny. Yeah. But you just, there's no execution of it that's funny. Uh-huh. It's just, there are owls there. Yeah. So like, oh, these unicorns eat trash. It's like, I don't, who cares? I don't care. Yeah. I've seen this. And it's a weird thing because all the other magic animals can like talk, right? Like, yeah. and that's a, it's kind of a, a bull, bullseye can't talk, but Slinky the dog can. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it is, gets a little into Zootopia territory. Yeah. That being said, I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, I we're ragging on the trailer here. Yes. We're not ragging on. the Well, movie. we're ragging on a trailer because they had a. They have a good movie. They have a good movie. They decided to make a trailer that, that did not didn't make anyone want to see it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I I wonder, but I also wonder how much you can really show of the movie without kind of giving some things away. I think once you get dad pants in the trailer, then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's a relationship that I'm following. There are like some stakes. I know the quest. Because I think the trailer says... We've got 24 hours, yeah. you know, like it's giving you a time limit and it's. I mean, you, you, if you advertise it as like a family road movie. And a family road movie about magic, like where the character likes Dungeons and Dragons ish thing. Like, yeah. anyway, hey, Kate, I'm, I'm well, ready to summarize this, Dick. Yeah, I feel like we're just tiptoeing around it. Yeah. And let, tiptoeing into other movies. Let too. me let me ask you about about the summary of this. Can you do it in two minutes? Probably not. That's I, correct. That's not usually a thing that's I can correct. do. But you can't. But <laughs> you should try. All right. And set yourself a cookie timer. I will. All right. I have. All right. Ian and Barley are brothers. They live in modern world. It used to have magic, but not really anymore. Uh, Their father has died. They live with their mom. And only the older brother, Barley, has memories of his dad. Because he died when, like, Barley was, like, three or four. And uh, Ian wasn't born yet. Anyway, they get this um, on Ian's 16th birthday. And he's kind of, like, he doesn't really have friends at school. And he wants to be more bold, like his dad. And he wants to, like, learn how to drive and stuff. But he's not very good at, like, being bold. So on his 16th birthday, he gets a big old um, staff from his uh, dad, dead dad, set up in advance. Anyway, and a spell that can make dad reappear for 24 hours. Holy for cow. Sunset to sunset. And so uh, Barley tries it because he's super into magic games and stuff. And Barley's no good at it. And Ian tries it. And Ian has magic in him. Oh, dad was a wizard. This is like genetic. And so um, Ian's able to start the spell. And he brings a dad halfway to life, like feet to knees to belt. And then the jewel in the middle of the staff, poof. And it's only dad pants. Ah, it's only legs. So they have to get a new stone to put in the staff to complete the dad before sunset on the next day. <laughs> and so dad. Barley and Ian go on a road trip in Barley's beat-up van, and they have to navigate. Like, Ian just wants to get there fast. Barley wants to, like, take the 
Dungeons and Dragons-y adventure, and they run into a manticore, and she uh, gives them stuff after realizing that she's like more magic than she remembers. Mm-hmm. She teams up with mom to find them later because then they get lost. They end up finding this uh, mountain path, and they follow all these signs. Ian learns to trust Barley, but he's still not like getting to the time with his dad. And then... They're like almost to the mountain thing and then they end up back in the school and then there's so much stuff that happens in this movie. But they figure out and they finally put the pieces in place by the school and then once they get the precious gem back, uh, the school breaks up and turns into a dragon because it's a protector of the gem and the dragon tries to destroy them but Mom and the Manticore and fight and Ian fights and okay, it's almost sunset but they finally defeat the dragon and they get dad all the way to life but dad comes to life when the dragon's like still around i don't care Keep i'm going. not done yet that's fine three i minutes. i don't know what i could have left out um and we're not to three minutes yet not possibly okay we are now though keep going you keep going Okay, so... He comes to life right as they're ending the fight, and Ian gives up his chance to meet his father because Barley never got to say goodbye. Mm. And also Ian realizes that, like, having this older brother has kind of served as his father figure, so he's not missing a father figure per se that he never knew. Um, And Barley gets to talk with Dad in a faraway conversation that we don't get to hear as an audience member. And then uh, Ian becomes bolder, and they have a better relationship, and, you know, Dad disappears again, but yeah. now there's a little bit more magic in the world. Aww. A lot of plot in this movie. Yeah. Like, it, it, is, it is a more um, plot-driven movie, even though the characters, I was not expecting to, like, fall in love with the characters as much as I did. Yeah. Um, but it is like very technical. It's I, I would say that the plot, um, there is a lot of plot, but I don't think for the most part that it gets in the way of the story and character development. Yeah, which I is absolutely agree. Something that happens a lot in movies with a lot of plot. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, whatever the name of that dragon movie is that we watched. Flight of Dragons. Yeah, oh. we were thinking about this because it also has like a board game that one of the characters plays uh-huh. and uses to like get through the adventure. And there used to be magic in the world, but the then guy science took to over. A five-year-old. Oh no, that was just Flight of Dragons. <laughs> that was just Got Flight it. of Dragons. Um, yeah, this was fun. There's yeah. a so. I feel like they also know there's a lot of plot. Yeah. Because some things kind of just get skipped over. Like, oh, Ian has powers. Cool. That's just something we understand now. Like, uh, we don't... Dad was into magic or was a wizard or, was or something. A, like don't a, worry about re- it. Yeah. Like don't a worry about it. Remnant wizard. Um, yeah, and certain things like the gem's power and the... Yeah. Bear. There's... There's... I don't even want to call it, like... Deus ex machina. There's just a lot of things that they're just like, cool, we're moving too quickly. You just have to take this, take our word for this. Which is is fine because I'm... And it ends up working. I've bought in because I I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I've bought in and I'm just like, great, whatever, whatever. Okay, I need to, I need to ignore this for this movie to make sense. Fine. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I love the characters and I love what's going on. Yeah. And it worked. Like this brother relationship at the center really works. Really works. I wonder if that's because, Dick, I read a really interesting piece of trivia on imdb.com. Oh. Did you know that Chris Pratt, who plays Barley, and 
uh, Tom Holland, who plays Ian. Do you know that they were in the Marvel Cinematic Universe together? What? Whoa. <laughs> so IMDb they, they worked trivia together teaches before. us so much. Star-Lord and Spider-Man. Wow. Um, that was it. <laughs> You were, you were trying to find something on IMDb I, about like a character or something. I was just yeah, I was just like on IMDb trivia, like just to see like, oh, is there any like anything that like got referenced that I missed or anything like that? And I was like quickly reminded how useless IMDb trivia is, uh-huh. where it's just like, hey, d- uh, wacky wacky shout out in the credits, Wizards of the Coast gets thanked for the use of the Beholder and Gelatinous Cube, and I'm like. Well, yeah, they all know that you have to thank. Did you know these actors have been in other movies sometimes with each other? Like, did you know Tom Holland once played a different character than this character? What? Uh, remember when IMDb was like a, a legitimately helpful thing? Oh my god, that was my. It's, it's and so now hard it's just to think about. Wikipedia has the market, and no. it didn't even mean to. It's no. not just about movies. Let me ask you this: Are you on IMDb? Am, uh, like a member? Yeah. No. no. Like a like a like. Are you searchable on IMDb? Because I am. No, are you? Yeah, absolutely, I am. Dick Ward. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the third Dick what Ward. What are your I think. credits? Uh, well. Uh, oh, let's actually. I didn't know I was in the company of a celebrity. Yeah, uh, Les Miserables. No, that's a different Dick Ward. <laughs> uh, oh, let's see. Personal details: height, six feet. Oh. Right. Uh, filmography: known for Riddle Room, 2016. Uh, I was an actor in Riddle Room, 2016, as oh. minion number one. Oh. So there you go. Is that the one your friend did? Is that how you got into acting? Yeah, my uh, my yeah. my cousin yeah. produced it. It's like your first acting job, right? Yep. And the only one on IMDb. That's right. Good for you. Though so I was. On Is your picture on there? No. Oh, you could submit it. We have to pay for that. Oh, don't you shouldn't submit it. No, it's worth. It's not worth it because I don't act anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking cool. of Riddle Room. <laughs> um, so both of these movies are are at least on paper about father-son relationships. Yeah. Right? How uh what do you what what do you think? What's what's the verdict on dads? Do we I, like them? Do we not well, like them? It, it depends which movie you watch. Yeah. It depends which part of the movie you watch. That is true. It's it, okay. So there's an interesting thing uh that I've heard discussed where um Goodfellas and Casino, or not Goodfellas and Casino, Goodfellas and The Godfather are like complete opposites. Uh-huh. In Godfather, you kind of start off being like, oh, the mafia seems like dangerous and, and bad. But then by the end, you're like, yeah, mafia. Uh-huh. And Goodfellas, you start out like, yo, this mafia seems sweet. And by the end, like everything goes to hell. Uh-huh. And these movies are kind of that way. Like mm. Onward starts out being like, yeah dads are the most important thing and then by the end our hero's kind of like oh like it would have been nice to have a dad but my brother has been there every step mm-hmm. of the way and the goofy movie is like fuck dads <laughs> but then by the end it's like oh i love my dad yeah they're opposite movies yeah 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 oh that's that's neat thank you that kind of an inverse happens and yet like i mean onward isn't fuck dads by the end well, right like depends how, depends how you read it but- <laughs> Because it is weirdly like, 
like the the end of onward is a little weird like yeah the the moral gets a little confused where it's like it's like oh my brother's been there for me all my life and i should appreciate that Mm -hmm. but it also kind of reads as oh my brother's my dad right and that's not a role that uh that barley chooses per se like he's been a good brother but yeah um but like your brother isn't your dad those are two different things yes yes that is correct yeah i think goofy movie is more about just the surface i mean not that it's not um emotionally intriguing and like you know deep but um it's about the father-son relationship this like idea of teens hate their dads and dads don't don't understand their teens but if you talk to each other you can get whereas onward is less about like getting to know your dad or getting to know your brother Mm -hmm. and it's more about like the nate like uh, what relationships mean Mm mm-hmm like and how a relationship that is already formed is the most important one to it's like this idea of like maintaining and appreciating relationships over like re- grasping after this relationship yeah. that you can never have or kid, that you have never had this yeah. kid barley wait uh, Ian Ian is the younger one no memory of his dad no so he it's kind of um He's kind of putting a lot of hopes mm-hmm. and dreams into this person who mm-hmm. he doesn't know at all. Yeah. And the older brother like has a couple of memories, but the younger brother, none at all. Yeah. No memories of dad. So it's like he's obsessed with the idea of his father. Mm-hmm. He's like, and when the opportunity comes to potentially meet his father, mm-hmm. he's like, I got to get on this. Uh, you know, he's, and again, yeah. he's like kind of obsessed with it. But there's a person he he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost reminds me of like Meet the Robinsons, because mm. that that kid's like trying to meet his real parents. Yeah, he's or, ca- yeah, and it's like, you know, like sure it can be it, 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 like I'm sure it'd be great for him to meet his dad, mm-hmm. but also like, yeah, like you said, don't take for granted what's around you. Like mm-hmm. you have these established relationships. Mm-hmm. You have this mom that's being very supportive of you. You have this brother that's mm-hmm. always supported you. And like, don't idolize someone who's, who's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think it's also interesting that this dad pants. D- yes. Dad pants are always interesting, but we were saying like, you know, the adults in, a goofy movie mm-hmm. are more um, the lens that we have is more from the teenage perspective of like they don't understand this and that. Um, whereas I might make the argument that Onward is actually the movie that's told from that younger view, mm-hmm. because in Goofy movie the kind of um, I guess counter examples to your moral are like Pete and his son PJ. Is that? yeah that's the son pete jr whereas like pete's worldview as a dad is you have to keep them under your thumb doesn't matter if they love you as long as they respect you Mm -hmm. that's what being a good dad is and so i think this movie might be a little bit more about being a good dad um goofy movie yeah Yeah. um than like from the son perspective if that makes any sense so goofy movie 
to or at me, least it has more examples of being about that. To me, Goofy Movie feels like it would work either way, mm-hmm. right? Like as a kid watching it, I'm like, yeah, yo, I, I, I get where Max is coming from. Yeah. As an adult watching it, I'm like, yeah, I get where Goofy's coming from. Yeah. And also, like, these two just need to communicate. Yeah. I mean, they Max just need is to talk. Ma- like Max and Roxanne. Not good, Max and Roxanne, not good yeah. communicators either. No. They're going to go on a date, and then he's just been forced into this family vacation. Yeah. He's 14. He doesn't have a say over that. And then, like, Roxanne gets pissed at canceling their date. And I'm like, this kid had nothing to do with that. Why are you pissed and going to ask someone else yeah. when you clearly have a crush on him? It's a weird. That's weird. It's a weird thing. But, but like, 14-year-olds aren't good at much. Yeah. So... That it also yeah, feels you were, real. You were upset about it, and then I was like, Kate, he's he's 14. Yeah, teenagers are the worst. You're like, he's bad at communicating. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> She's a 14-year-old girl. They're terrible at it. Yeah. Have you read Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. It's literally a book about how bad teenagers are yeah. at everything. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It does come from, but they, they both Play, not meet both. in the middle to see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was stand, pointing at my eye. Stand and out, stand up, stand out. Yeah. Is that something like that? What's the song? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the music? Do you want to talk about? Let's talk. Look, sure. Look, there, so something. There's that, there's music in Goofy movie that needs to be talked about. That needs to be talked about. So first off, it's a musical kind of. I had forgotten that it was just like it had several songs in it. That and that opening song was great. The opening song was where I got like chills being like, ah, deja vu. I didn't know that I knew this song. And that was like, we think by the guy behind Newsies. So there's two like, there, there's, what it, this song has like three kind of like musical theater numbers and then mm-hmm. two power line numbers. Right. The musical theater numbers are written by a random composer that I couldn't find much about and the lyricist for Newsies who yeah. worked with Alan Menken. Um, Jack Feldman so and it very like after I looked up at that after that first song it's like oh yeah this is a newsy song yeah, definitely it felt like, like newsies <laughs> in, in, a, in a good way yeah, I mean a, that is a yes, strong compliment absolutely so it's got some of those I think that first song works the best yeah um, but the Powerline songs oh, are so good they're fucking bangers they're bops yeah um, those are written by Tevin Campbell um, who is a like an actual pop star at the time who was like I didn't really know. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know his music outside of Powerline. Yeah. But he's has a several number one hits. Yeah. He had a good career in like yeah. early 90s. People still have a lot of love for him. I remember like he was trending on Twitter a couple months mm. ago just of like a Tevin Campbell appreciation kind of uh-huh. uh, deal. That was nice. Yeah. I mean. His voice is amazing. Great. Great voice. He's yeah. like a. I mean. I, I wonder if. I don't know. Like, his mm. voice sounds very similar to Michael Jackson's, right? Yeah. So, like, I kind of wonder if, for those of us who weren't into that music at that year in time, whether he kind of, like, fell to a... Well, mm. if you know about Michael Jackson, we don't really need to tell you about Kevin Tevin Campbell in, right, like, a like, larger under, pop culture sense. We understand sense, right? the general thing. I think in the movie, mm-hmm. um, I, I, read, uh, I read I read a cr- couple of different um, blog posts. Mm-hmm about this movie um but it seemed like he was like portrayed 
closer to like a Bobby Brown than a Michael Jackson. Mm, um, okay. Like Powerline is more yeah, of a Bob. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Um, but yeah, like for someone that's not like that w- was not in that like music scene, I'm right. like, oh yes, it's a Michael Jackson type. Yeah, it kind of sounds. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what Bruno Mars does too mm-hmm. when he's trying to be like Michael Jackson. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those songs are great. Yeah. Power. Yeah. yeah, and th- I think that's one of the reasons. There's, I mean, anywhere you look is kind of like Goofy Movie did okay for the time, especially on home video. But it's really had a resurgence in the last five years-ish because of nostalgia of people now have, like, now Goofy Movie is showing up in, like, you know, when Disney parks were a thing, um, showing up in Disney parks and, like, 90s nights and stuff. And it's, like, one of the biggest draws that they see on those nights. And um, so there's there's a lot of affection for this movie. And I think a lot of it is the strength of the music. The strength of the music and... What the music represents, hmm. or rather, who the who the music represents and mm-hmm. who the movie represents, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, like I was saying, I've been doing a lot of reading uh, on this, and it's uh, is this the first Disney movie with like a cool black character, or I possibly mean, like a non horrifically portrayed black, or like character? a named black character? Yeah, like, like pa- Powerline is is I mean, everyone's a dog or a right. cat or something, but. Powerline is black. Powerline's like backup dancers are black. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and they're cool as hell. And Tevin Campbell is. And as Tevin well, Campbell yeah. is black. And an interesting that I thing that I've uh, 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 the the one blog that I I really liked on this was uh, was it like Diary of a Black Nerd? Black Nerd Problems was like there was a sentence on there that's just like yeah, growing up as a, a black nerd, I identified with Max, and I'm like. Oh, it's interesting. Max, yeah. Yeah, I'm like... Coded lighter as then the Powerline character. Right. But I'm like, oh yeah, no, Max is white. And then I'm like, well, it... It's no reason... Yeah, he's a fictional dog character. Mm-hmm. Is is he white? Is he black? Do do we know... What are the races of his friends? And, and, and it's mm-hmm. like so ambiguous and everyone's just kind of this tannish whatever right. they are. Right, right. Um, but so it was just really interesting to look at from that perspe- from a perspective that I, you know, didn't approach the movie from when I was mm-hmm. young. I was, uh, and even as an adult, I'm like, oh, I had, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so cool. And so it seems like uh, Goofy Movie did uh, really left a really big influence on like black millennials. Mm. Like if you grew up during that time. And there was a Disney movie, like not like Lion King had Mufasa or whatever, but yeah. that's a literal lion. He's not like, you know, um, bipedal, right? Mm-hmm. But like you're growing up during that time and suddenly there's this Disney movie with like this really cool music mm-hmm. and this this kid who you can identify with. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Well, and we had this conversation with Zootopia, too, that Mm. a lot of times, right, like, animals are more likely to be in a picture book than actual black human characters. Um, And still, Powerline is not a human. Right. But, like, certainly he's more, like you said, relative to the rest of the characters in this movie and it being bipedal, maybe, like, 
more definitely more of a black character than James Earl Jones's Mufasa. Yeah, or... and he's got. I mean, he's got like um like the the hairstyle. Mm-hmm. He's got the style mm-hmm. of dress, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, I I can identify the general type of entertainer that mm-hmm. this is. Right, he's a Tevin Campbell type. Right, and that is not happening in Disney at this time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen for Pixar. For the longest time, either we were trying to remember because so onward, yeah, also has both. I mean, in background scenes with like humans or humanoids, um, there are all different races. Right. Like there's a the the Manticore, her tavern in modern days is more like a TGI Fridays kind of Applebee's situation, and the guests there are different races. And I think we see like one family that is black. But the Manticore herself, who's played by Octavia Spencer, um, even though she is a Manticore, right. lion-winged, tailed kind of thing, scorpion. Her scorpion, right? Um, <laughs> her hair is—it looks like um, like natural, right? Um, black hair. Um, she is not coded to be anything, but you know, if, if all of these characters are, this is kind of like a goofy movie where, like, all right, no one's really a human, but everyone's a human. Um, you have actual black characters like mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer's. And um, I think that's interesting because I don't think Pixar has done this before. Yeah, that was, it was like, I'm like, ah, there's got to be like a like a black eh? kid somewhere. Right. I mean, I think there are Like probably faces, a pizza right? planet. There's like a black kid somewhere. I, I was or... thinking, I think Riley's teacher is black. Okay. Um. In Inside Out, and Key and Peele play like stuffed animals in Toy Story Four. Okay, but I don't think they're coded. It's not like they're like Woody but black. I mean, we haven't it's, we haven't seen it. So no, we, we haven't seen it. But but yeah, Pixar has for all the movies it's had, it has not most most of the uh, protagonists have been either they look like white males and they're played by white males. And or they're coded as white males. Yeah. It's all, all across the board. Except for Coco. Wonder, go Coco. Yeah, that's yeah. I, go Coco. Yeah, Coco is the departure, right? Um, so I wonder because I was reading about the kind of the production process of Onward, and this is one of the first movies that doesn't have John Lasseter's hand in it, um, or at least not when it was like important. Right. Probably it was in production, but like. They were saying, like, it's not only important, someone was asking about it in the interview of, like, now that Lasseter's gone, do things feel different around Pixar? Does it work different? They're like, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is not just that we are hearing what, you know, women and people of color are saying. We want to make sure our teams look like the voices that we want on our teams. And so on Onward, they were saying pretty much across the board, it's 50-50 male and female on um on the teams and the leadership and everything um which which is great i don't know how many people of color that is it was specifically asking about gender but it'll be interesting now that lassiter is not there what kind of stories kind of are allowed to be told or just don't have any resistance against them as stories being told right? right um yeah disney pixar has some has some ground to cover still yeah but that's really cool. I'm excited to read that article about Goofy Movie that you referenced. So I decided um, to try and give Onward the benefit of the doubt 
as far as their one black character mm-hmm. and here and i just kind of like i kind of like spiraled off into my head about like oh. <laughs> her journey yeah and i so here's here's this is a stretch but here's what i'm going for. sure she is a black business owner mm-hmm. uh who had a cool gritty tavern Mm-hmm. That she loved and everyone and Doug. Mm-hmm. That's now kind of just turned into a place for children and mm-hmm. idiot adults and stuff. And I'm kind of like, is this about gentrification? Mm. Is this about like like because that that's literally everything I hear about New York. Mm-hmm. Right? Is like no this this place used to like be cool and have character and now it's just a, it's an Applebee's. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Reading way too much into it and giving it way too much credit. Yeah. I like the idea of the Manticore's Tavern being a little bit about gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, her arc is absolutely about, like, coming back into herself, right? She used yeah. to be this powerful, magic-laden beast and then became all about crunching numbers as mm-hmm. magic went away and... There's a kind of a subplot about her working with the mom and she's like, well, these wings don't work. I can't fly. But then like when it's direly needed, she finds the power to fly again and like reclaims that part of her history and that part of herself, um, which I think was a neat uh, angle to have. Yeah. You talked about music. In Goofy Movie. That sounds like something I'd do. There's not much music in Onward. No. But, but. where there is music is when they're when they're on the road trip, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Dick, as as someone who I, I don't I can't speak for you. You but can. I give you I, permission. I maybe have never seen an animated character as close to you as I did in Barley, in Chris Pratt's character in Onward, um, down to the music he listens to on a road trip. Yeah. Uh, say, say more about that yeah, from your okay. perspective. So just one, yeah, you're, you're correct. <laughs> Barley is the animated character that I most identify with. And I think especially like maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah. Like stories I hear about like slightly before when I met you, this was <laughs> even more true. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, yeah, he plays Dungeons and Dragons and he's... A little bit of a goofy dreamer, a li- uh, maybe a little bit of a screw up, but he's really happy uh-huh. and he's really doing things his own way and he doesn't want any guff about it. Uh, but also, yeah, he cranks some like operatic metal and I, I love it. Like, is oh, it's you good. were you were listening to some of it on, but was it written for is it like metal bands or was it, no, written, it was written for, for the, the movie? For the okay. movie. So it was really it's yeah. really interesting. It's, you know, much more. Much more opera heavy, mm-hmm. right? Than like, like um, a, a band that I really like is Nightwish. They were originally fronted by a, a female opera singer, mm. um, but it was more, it was more blended. Whereas uh, the music in this is like some heavy metal guitar, and then like a Valkyrie singing yeah. <laughs> over top, which is like it's it's like silly and it's exaggerated, but it's. Yeah. It's still good. And uh, the song where uh, there's a point where Barley sacrifices his killer van. That he is like created from scratch. Yeah. And, uh, like, yeah. Guinevere. Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this amazing airbrushed van. He like sacrifices it for their quest. And the music that plays this <laughs> van into oblivion is just 
Oh, it's so cool. Like, and I think you, you see like the cassette tape and it's called like Final Valhalla or something it's, like that. Yeah, it's that. called Valhalla. It's yeah. called Valhalla. Yeah. So great. It's like so, he's got a mix ready for when he needs to sacrifice yeah, the veil. Yeah. So cool. It's it's all used really effectively. Like yep. in that scene, I feel like it's also the the first like road chase scene where mm. um uh Chris Pratt, Barley has become a tiny person and Ian has to drive and then they got all these like angry fairies on their tail and I feel like the metal is playing there too through that chase scene the music is really yeah really solid and like yeah kind of mixing that into the score and stuff really cool and it's a fun way to bring that like road trip element into it too like kind of this organic yeah you're on a road trip you have this musical soundtrack and i was gonna say goofy movie does that too like max wants to listen to more of barley's type of music um and there's a funny scene where they change the what like radio to cassette like That's also I love about this movie is that like all the technology is ninety five, so it's I mean, adorable. That, that those were eight tracks, so that technology oh. was old. Oh boy, yeah. But like the yeah, uh, musically, mm-hmm. Goofy movie is a little all over the place with the yeah, like the opening song is great. Yeah, the Powerline songs are great. Mm-hmm. And then there's some, on the open road isn't. It's not great on the open road. So there, I get the I get the gag, but it's just not like a it's not a great song. There, it doesn't fit the vibe of the movie. Yeah, there are parts of this movie where it becomes clear that like Mickey and Friends doesn't have a set tone that anyone understands <laughs> because it's like, well, okay, this is like a goofy, like Goofy the person character yeah. song. I guess we just kind of make it like Warner Brothers is the is kind of what this scene turns mm. into. Like, it seems like it could be something out of, like, Cats Don't Dance or Animaniacs or something. Um, So it was, like, it was fine, and there were some visual gags, but that was one of the... And musically, too, it's like, okay, this is fine. The things rhyme, and there's an A section and a B section, but I'm, like, not super interested. Um, So music is a part of the road trip. Um, What what other, like, road trip... Because, like, road trip is a genre of movie, right? I mean, on the things, road. things you have to do at road trips. Uh-huh. Stop at stupid attractions. Goofy Movie does a great job of this. What's the first attraction they stop at? It's a possum version of the Country Bears as a standalone. It's like a... It, yeah. Okay, it's we like went- if... The Country Bears Jamboree was its own thing outside of Disney World, and people were actually interested in just going to that and paying for it. And we went to camping uh, we went to Disney World in February and before I the think world this, shut down. This might have been your first time going to the Country Bears Jamboree. What it's did you think cer- of it? It was also my last time going to the Country Bears Jamboree, <laughs> even if everything opens back up. Never. I knew it was going to be cheesy. I love Disney cheese. I love old things, right? We, we I, I'm trying to think of something else we went to that was like just as old. Carousel and, of Progress mm-hmm. is old and, and cheesy. And I Disney. love Carousel of Progress. Yeah. This was just a drag for me. I don't, I mean, I deliberately would not go in like my childhood trips to Disney and there weren't that many, but it was like a, no way am I going to this. I'm 11. Yeah. There's so many other rides. And like my family was in agreement like, yeah, this looks dumb. We're not doing this. But I'm thinking like uh, when I'm an adult, I know all this stuff about 
Disney parks and, you know, Imagineering, I'm going to think this is charming. I did not. You did not. The robots are neither good enough or were, crappy enough. You were unhappy. The songs are, I have no affection for them, and nope. so the songs were just bad for me. So I identified with Max in yeah. this possum scene, even though, like, the possum wrote, like, animatronics. I, I identified with Goofy in that de- scene. <laughs> where I'm like, isn't this fun? And you're like, I hate this. The possum animatronics are designed to be, like, breaking apart. It's yeah. like a parody of Country Bear's Jamboree. But for me, it was just too close. It's yeah. like, well, this isn't a par- this was This was my experience yeah. with this. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I think Goofy Movie does extremely well mm-hmm. is these moments of like um family tension mm. that uh like aren't throughout the movie but like any like the the fighting over the cassette is like kind of a or the a track is kind of an obvious one right. right but like the kid at a stupid side road trip where yeah. like Goofy went as a kid with his dad, mm-hmm. and so he has affection for it. Mm-hmm. Max has never been there before. Right. Goofy can't see why Max wouldn't love it, because Goofy right. loves it. Right. Max can't see why anyone's loving it, right. and the only people around him are either like his dad's age uh-huh. or little babies, yeah. and they're all loving it. Uh-huh. He's the only teenager in that room, uh-huh. and he's just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like those moments... Um, that just like, oh, just and, so strong. Yeah. And what I love and, you know, you're touching on this too, is that like no one is wrong in this scene, yeah. right? Like no. Goofy's just adoring it and he's not wrong to do so. No. And Max is hating it and he's not wrong to do no. so. And it's just, it's, I think this movie gets like 80% of the way there on these like communication yeah. issues of just like, no, both of these characters are right and they have a right to their opinion and they just need to communicate better um they just needed to to you know and it's it's like dad not like dad being used to like little max who like Mm -hmm. i take into a thing and he loves it and he goes with his dad and he loves going with his dad to a Mm -hmm. place and like max is a teenager now and that's different it's different it's It's like getting to know a different person yeah yeah but it definitely like all of those little things, because then, then they go, like, camping, uh, but mm-hmm. they're not super prepared to go camping. And then Goofy runs into a big... He fishes a Bigfoot? Is that what... Yeah, so No, it's a steak. And let's the, oh let's talk about this. So there's there's <sighs> one or two scenes in each movie that mm-hmm. kind of go nowhere and do nothing and are just frustrating. Yeah, like, suck the funny out of the room. In, in the Goofy movie, it is this Bigfoot sequence. Yeah. Out of nowhere... Goofy is fishing. He accidentally hooks. He's doing this perfect cast thing, Mm -hmm. which is something his dad taught him how to like fish good and throw a good cast. He accidentally hooks Pete's steak. He throws the steak into the water and then like or past the water. Yeah. So the steak ends up being a lure. And then a Bigfoot. A Bigfoot. You know, Bigfoot catches it. Which is a thing and then they're like trapped under Bigfoot. And then foot he's around for, for like the next four scenes. Yeah, it's like we bear bears problem. where it's like, okay, can we get this Bigfoot out of here? I just want to have fun with the characters And I, I really want to love Charlie. Yeah. I just... But it's just, it's out of nowhere. It's yeah. very weird and it just stops 
the momentum mm-hmm. dead because instead of being on a road trip movie, we're in a sit in a car and there's a Bigfoot. Yeah, movie. and it doesn't feel like it's part of the, I think you said the word padding earlier. It doesn't feel like it's part of the movie or yeah. meant to be part of the movie because the movie is, like, it is slapsticky and, like, a lot of squash and stretch extra, you I know. Mean, it's, but, like, there are a lot of is, elements of, like, Goofy learns skiing. Right. Goofy, but it there's is a all, lot of that in there. It is all grounded in a real enough world. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, you've, you've kind of, you're kind of tethered at this point. And then you're like, well, a Bigfoot, that doesn't have any. Like, where, are where we did not, that come from? Are we just weird now? Is this a movie about. Like a, yeah, and like it's acknowledged that Bigfoot is an amazing discovery, mm-hmm. and no one has ever seen it before. And it's like, well, if this is going to be a movie about Bigfoot, right? This needs to be a movie about Bigfoot. Like, if, yeah, if this is a creature no one has ever seen before, mm-hmm. you can't just like put it as a piece of it. Like, you got to do more with it. It ends up. At, at the end of this Bigfoot arc, <laughs> it ends up being the thing that traps him in the car together for an important conversation of, like, remembering yeah. a memory from earlier on. But other than that, like, I don't need the oh, three man. scenes. That could have that, just been, like, a big bear or something. That memory, though, that they have together? High Dad's Soup? Like, yeah. what's High Dad's Soup? Don't you remember? You used to, like, spell out, like, High Dad in your alphabet soup, so we call it High Dad's Soup. That's 100% a story that, that like, my family might tell or yeah. your family might tell. And that's the thing about the Goofy movie is that, like, the moments that work really well are moments where you're like, oh, that's 100% true, right? Hi, Dad like, Soup is true. you in the gut. Or, like, this, I, this idea of, like, I cannot believe I'm here at this possum robot review. <laughs> yeah. Why would anyone, like, those moments... More than like maybe any media I've watched in the last couple of years brought me back to being a teenager and being like, oh God, like, yeah, I remember being that insufferable too. Yeah. But I remember being very like indignant about, like, I remember being very righteous about, like, I do not want to be at this Peter, Paul, and Mary concert. This is not Mariah Carey. Yeah. And now being like, oh, I was at a Peter, Paul, and Mary concert and I had a disc man in half the time. Like, well, just like, uh, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, just yes. Yeah. Just yes, 100% there. Yeah. Like I Also the the where where like Max is uh especially like right after the possum thing, he's so pissed and Goofy's like, "Well, tell me what's wrong." And Max is like, "No." Mm. And it's like, "I remember being mm-hmm. absolutely furious." Mm-hmm. And not being able to explain why. Yeah. And being so furious that I couldn't explain why. Yeah. That it would like make me angrier. Like, Hormones are the worst. Do you understand? Yeah. It's so hard being a teenager. It's so hard being a teenager. <laughs> and so hard living with a teenager. It's a whole thing. I, I, I'm so glad I'm an uncle and not a dad. <laughs> I did appreciate in Onward that they didn't really get into that. Like there could have been opportunity for both brothers. They're kind of maybe on either side of that like really worst teenager yeah. stuff in terms of ages but like they didn't really lean into that which which is fine um it also means that like instead of nostalgia moments you just kind of get some more like oh i recognize that relationship from my present day right right um 
which is effective. Like, it's a Pixar movie I cried in, so it's like, you know, check that off the box. But, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I do, like I said, I end up falling in love with these characters, even if I can't, you know, one-to-one identify with them as much. And they do a great job building these brothers into, like, just kind of like uh, kids who live together. They're not antagonistic. Yeah. Um, but they don't have a lot in common. Um, and they do a good job of building this trust between them over the course of a short road trip. Um, you know, in that way, it's a little bit... No, I'm not going to... I was going to say Muppet movie, but I don't think that's about the characters trusting each other. I think yeah. it's about us trusting each Muppet who gets added. Yeah. And so I'm going to leave that alone. But Cool. Now I've mentioned Muppets. Hey, Kate, let me yeah. ask you a question. Yeah. Is, is it about time to final cut? I think I think it might be. Okay, let's let's jump into the final cut. I guess so. Got, Did we tell? I don't even like, have the list stuff. I don't know what we... I've got at least one more scene that I really want right. to talk about, Great. but I can save that nope. for uh, our next segment, Scene Shoutouts. Great. So Scene Shoutouts is mm-hmm. a segment where we sh- each shout out a scene that we really liked in each movie. Mm-hmm. Kate... Would you like to start? You could pick a movie. Well, let's pick a goofy movie. Let's and pick I'm going to have movie. Is that is that a scene that you wanted to talk go about for it. or go is for it, it. going to No, go for it. Okay. Whatever you want to um, do. I've got a couple of things queued up. One sense memory that I have from a goofy movie and I didn't know where it was and it ended up being a couple places, but I remember feeling extremely sad for Goofy. Yeah. In this movie, like oh my gosh, I feel so bad for this character. And one of the scenes that did that was the scene. Um, so um, Max has altered the map when his dad is like snoozing in the car to go to the Powerline concert instead of the Lake Destiny that they're supposed to go to to go fishing. Right. Dad doesn't know it. Or Goofy doesn't know it. Um, and, you know, they keep intersecting with Pete and his son on this road trip. And Pete discovers by listening in that this has happened, and he tells Goofy about it, and Goofy says, no, I trust my son. He would never do that. And, like, oh, one, like, just that, like, I trust my son. And he's, like, Goofy's having a hard time with Max. He doesn't, like, you can see him convincing himself that he trusts his son, even as he's like, well, we've been having some troubles. And then he goes to the car, and then he ends up seeing it. Yeah. And then he gives Max a chance to you know um they're on the road and it's like you know super cartoony like obvious left or right yeah you left or go right one of the ways. and max chooses the way to the power line concert yeah. and you know there's the dramatic irony that max doesn't know that goofy knows and the way goofy just shuts down into silence yeah in that moment that is so uncharacteristic for the goofy for we've known for goofy. you know 80 yeah. years or whatever um Oh, just that yeah. I trust my son, Oof. and then he breaks that. Oh, Dang. Good really scene. well done. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, my scene from a Goofy movie happens like five minutes before that. Mm. Um, so Goofy like puts his, puts Max in charge of navigating. Mm-hmm. Goofy's been handling the map this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then Goofy's like, you know what? You get the map. You pick everywhere we stop on the way. Mm. And so Max goes they go to like um what do they go to? they go to like a monster truck rally mm-hmm. they go to like 
I don't know, like a movie or something. They cool go on a stuff. roller coaster. Yeah, they go to an amusement park. They go to stuff Max wants to do. But then Max notices Goofy's not having the most fun. Mm-hmm. So then he starts switching it up. So he's like, we're going on a roller coaster today. And then we're going to go see the biggest ball of yarn. And like Goofy is through the moon and Max uh-huh. is just like, yo, I'm letting my dad have a win. Yeah. I'll get the next one. Yeah. That's a really sweet moment, but it also just really reminds me of my relationship with my dad mm. and going on these long out West trips. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we, you know, from Michigan, we'd drive like two or three weeks with the family and we'd go camping most of the time for whatever reason. Uh, we took children camping instead of staying in hotels. Um, but like once we got older, it was kind of like we needed something for us. And it'd be like, OK, well, we're going to go to uh, like this Six Flags this day. Mm-hmm. But then the next day we're going to go to this like Gator Land USA because that's the thing you're like. And like we'd be talking with mom. She'd be like, this is the thing your dad's. Excited about, we'll go to the Corn Palace uh-huh. in, in North Dakota where everything's made out of corn, mm-hmm. or South Dakota. And then the next the next day, we'll we'll go to like Six Flags and you guys can have yours. And uh-huh. it was kind of like, okay, dad, dad has this part of the vacation, we have our part of the vacation. And kind of trading that back and forth. Did you did you get to a moment, this is reminding me yeah. of family vacations as well. Like right? we didn't do these epic ones like you, but like, right. do you remember getting to a point where like, you were excited for your dad to have these like yeah. ball of yarn moments. Yeah, like especially like um, we took a, a a smaller vacation maybe ten years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm in my my late twenties at this point, but um, we're there with oh maybe it was a little more recent. Anyway, we're there with it's my sister, uh, her husband. So I guess my brother in law. It's always easier to say her husband. But mm-hmm. He's my brother in law. Um, my nephew, who that at that time was like four or five, mm-hmm. and my mom and my dad, and my dad got an RV, mm. and we're like just driving from like Florida to somewhere else, or or just around Florida mm-hmm. or something, and we we take this trip, and like my part of the trip is we're stopping at Disney World, uh, we're going to the Florida Keys, which I just love. Uh, and at one point, I'm renting a car and going to my friend's wedding in St. Pete's Beach, which mm-hmm. was really cool because I got to like get away from the family for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the campsites we stayed at was a uh, like one of those drive-through safaris, mm. um, and my dad was so excited about it <laughs> and just getting to watch it like. He was so excited about it, and also he was a so really good driver through it. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not talking like Joe Biden, like, oh, my dad's a really good driver. Like, uh-huh. no, he was a really good driver. He took this giant RV through this lion, this <laughs> drive-through lion safari, and there's, like, an inch of space on either side because you have to drive through all these fences. Yeah. And, like, just barely made it through every time, but we made it. And he was like... He was thrilled, and yeah. I, like we we were happy for him. Yeah, like, 
it's cool to see the lions, but it's more cool that dad is loving this. Isn't so, yeah. that like where it crosses over? I'm just thinking like mine is much sillier. Also, mm-hmm. my dad is a silly person, but we would You're, cross. Our dads are very silly. Doing yes. doing like the, you know, 15 hour drive from our house to my grandparents house in South Carolina. Um, there were like certain milestones, you know, like certain like uh landmarks that we yeah. passed that were just our landmarks not real things and one of them was right before getting to their house like an hour away we'd be on this backcountry road and we'd pass by the f mart which is just this little convenience store on the side of the road and my dad would announce it every time and he would <laughs> laugh every time and one of the times one of the few times that we at least entered in that way as adults yeah. like being on a trip we finally, I don't know why, whether like they were moving soon or something. And we finally let, I guess my mom let uh, <laughs> dad stop at the F Mart. Oh, she let him. He got out of the car. He got to take a picture. He like bought a hot dog or something. He was like the most excited human. And like, and we were all to that point where we were just like, you know, we've been in this cycle of road trips so many times and yeah. it's just pure joy. Yeah. Once you've kind of been through that cycle so many times and then you come back and revisit it and you're like, oh, well, this is my dad living his best life. How cool is that? Like, I... Kate, Goofy Movie's good. Goofy Movie's good. Yeah. Onward is also good. Onward we haven't talked about good. it quite as much today. No, but... but I just want to get it out there. Goofy Movie is good. Speaking of Onward. Speaking of Onward. Dick, do you have a scene you'd like to shout out from the movie Onward? Mm, do I have a scene that I would like to shout out from... The movie Onward. Not offhand. To you? <laughs> um, yeah, I okay, do. You go and then I'll catch up. Um, you know, as I said about this movie, there's a, there are a lot of plot choices that's like, cool, we're doing this now mm-hmm. and we don't think we need to really tell you why. We just ha- kind of have to, we, we have to get on word with Ooh. this movie. Um, and throughout the movie you see Ian use checklists to kind of like organize his thoughts and dreams yeah he has one at school where it's like I'm gonna be bolder I'm gonna ask friends to a party and I'm gonna learn to drive yeah and he has these checkboxes set up and then he has like a rough day where he doesn't get to do any of them and he one by one crosses them out yeah in his notebook and with so his, with his four color pen with his four color pen I love pen. that he has yeah. a four color pen well he when dad pants shows up he creates this list of things that he wants to do with his dad. And it's like, yeah, you know, have a catch, uh, take a walk, mm-hmm. uh, do something, like laugh with him. Um, it's, a, it's a slightly longer list. And as they like realize that they're running out of hours of getting him to a full person, he starts kind of crossing off yeah. things of like, well, I won't have time to do a catch. Well, I won't have time to do this. And like that's sad. But as he is, is this on the Cheeto boat? Where this is happening, I think they 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 use magic to make a Cheeto really big to do a boat in a yeah. cave, you know, like you do. And he's, you know, he's kind of like crossing off the last thing because they only have an hour or so left. And then it just, it's not really explained. It doesn't happen up to this point, but it, but he flashes back to oh, this moments. Is, this is later in the movie. This is yeah. much later. Yeah, much you're later, right. Right you're towards right. the end. This yeah. is right toward the end. Where he flashes back to moments of him and his brother growing up together where they're like, would obey 
elves. So like one, very adorable, adorable because we haven't seen anything but their like kind of teen adult forms. Right. So super adorable. But like you get to see them like playing together and you get to see Barley, you know, before he's kind of this like screw up, quote unquote, like just being a kid the way he's supposed to and like playing magic games together and like uh, helping him out. And then you flash back to earlier in the movie, movie where they end up having a catch together and yeah. taking a walk. And so he's looking at this list of things that are cross off and then starts checking boxes because he's done these things, just not with his dad, mm-hmm. with his brother. And like, yeah, it's forced. Like, yes, there probably could have been a little bit more time or like a slower reveal, but it's really effective storytelling. And it's really, it, it's an interesting show not tell, right? Um that it is word based, so yeah. you're kind of telling, but this There's this thing that we've seen our character it's do. It's this thing we've seen our character do and just the idea it it's similar to what we're doing now, where we're like remembering like telling these stories about our dads that are brought up by the goofy movie that yeah. like maybe we haven't told each other before, right. but it's like, oh, this moment reminds me of that time my brother was six and I was three and we were doing this thing. And that kind of nostalgia, seeing that character have nostalgia makes me feel nostalgic. Anyway, that's where I first started to cry in this movie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Onward shout out from you, Dick. You know what? I'm just, I'm I'm going back to to something we kind of already talked about, but the the scene where Guinevere is sacrificed. Mm. Um, So uh, Ian and... Barley. Barley are being chased by like a thousand cops. And yeah, this movie has a lot of cops. Uh, um and Ian is is like trying to cast a spell to knock these rocks down so that the cops can't get to him. And he, he just he can't. He it's a very advanced spell. He's not there yet. And so Barley, without speaking, goes to the car. He puts that tape in. Mm. He goes and gets a rock. He puts it down on the on the van's um, uh, like gas pedal. He aims it, and he lets it go, and he gives it a slap on the the hind quarters as it goes. Mm. And we just we see this van that that Barley loves mm-hmm. going off into the distance, crashing into these rocks, creating a roadblock for for them, and it's like. It's it's funny, but it's also a really sweet scene. It's Barley sacrificing not only something that he loves, but something that is a large part of his identity mm-hmm. for his brother. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. This movie does that really well. Balancing yeah. like this kind of like goofy, absurd humor with some really like emotional moments. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. No. I I really enjoyed that scene. But even like like the Cheeto as a boat or the fact that like when this garter of the jewel, <laughs> like a yeah. dragon type thing, but it doesn't have a body. So it just kind of pulls things in surrounding. So it pulls like 
a lot of the bricks from the school into this dragon body. It's yeah. really cool animation. But the school's mascot is like this dopey looking cartoon dragon. And that's the part ends up getting on his face. So it's like this smiling dragon. So it's, yeah, is this terrifying this, like, fire rock breathing dragon. rock dragon that's trying to attack them with this like goopy little smile on his face, just yeah. like a regular dragon. So like this heightened anxiety at this moment. And then this yeah. character face just Good, good balance. Hey, Kate, yep. if I was to ask you, mm-hmm. who's your MVP mm. of, of the night, of, mm. of these movies? Who's your, who's your MVP, most valuable whatever? Runner-up, Brenda Chapman. Yeah, runner-up's always Brenda Chapman. Always Brenda Chapman, um, who is married to the director of Goofy Movie. There you go. Kevin Lima or Kevin Lima. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure she was, I mean, if they knew each other at this time, um, I'm sure she contributed probably the best ideas to the movie. Look, we just assume Look. Brenda Chapman is uh, the contributor for everything great ever. Um, but for real, I think my MVP is going to be Bill Farmer, who is the yeah. official goofy voice. Like, he did still is. Did you just is. remember that name or did you look well, it I've up? Been lo- I've been looking. You looked it up on the sneak? No, not today. Wow. No. Good job. Um, he He's like been goofy for the last several decades. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, shout out to him, one, for, like, the first time he's probably had to, like, act, act as Goofy. Yeah, like, like, like that For a narrative arc of an hour and a half. Never had depth before. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit for Goof Troop, right? Like, sure, maybe it was but... the first time. But um, also for standing up for his character when Jeffrey effing Katzenberg told him to drop the Goofy voice for this movie... Cause he, yeah, this was this was like right before Jeffrey Katzenberg left. This was Goofy movie was the project that like satisfied Jeffrey Katzenberg's contract. He told him to drop the Goofy voice for a Goofy movie. Cut part of your world. A kid dropped their popcorn. It was like that kind of thing. So Bill Farmer recorded dialogue for this movie for like a week and a half without the Goofy voice, because Katzenberg thought it wouldn't be like communicative or yeah. expressive, and then. Eisner and uh, Rory Disney were like after like after a week and a half they're like no stop stop this D- do the goofy voice <laughs> would not be community there are Donald Duck it, it, it's fine there's goof tr- no Jeffrey Kanzenberg is fifty percent wrong it he's like fifty percent genius and fifty percent like the wrongest person ever but when he's wrong he forces the creative. Artists to like double down on their like no yeah. this is why it needs to be in yeah um I mean Bill Farmer's a gig right like it forced Michael Eisner and yeah. Disney to be like no that's stupid but <sighs> good for Bill Farmer for dealing with that like yeah. you are hired to be goofy uh don't do the goofy voice don't do the goofy voice that you've been doing for sixty years or whatever what a what a goof trooper he was what a goof trooper anyway Bill Farmer MVP. Nice. Nice, uh, mom. Uh, mom from ah, onward yeah. wins my wins my MVP. Uh, for a mom character, she could have been so little. She could mm-hmm. have been nothing. But like one, we she we see that she kind of gets barley, even though like not a hundred percent. But she kind of mm-hmm. approaches him on his own turn, mm-hmm. uh, own terms. Like, he does a thing where he, like, goes up behind um, Ian, and he, like, grabs him in, like, a wrestling hold. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then he does that to mom later and she flips him. <laughs> um, you know, we see... And, and like I, I like that mom addresses him on his terms. Uh, but I also like that she is a big part of the adventure. Like, her mm-hmm. kids go off mm-hmm. and there is... Like, there's a stepdad in the picture or mm-hmm. a, you know... Step centaur. Boyfriend, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, step boyfriend, centaur boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she could have been just like, oh, I'm sitting at home. You please save my boy. Right. But instead, she's like, I am going on this adventure now. I'm going to go save my boys. Mm-hmm. You stay out of this. Like, I don't have time to... It's not even you stay out of this. It's like, I don't have time for you right now. Yeah. I am saving my boys. Mm-hmm. Um. And she goes and and she kicks some ass and she gets in some battle and like yeah she embraces the warrior within. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it was necessary to have Julia Louis Dreyfus do this role? Mm-hmm. No, didn't even realize it was her until I looked it up. Yeah, uh, and not a character that really has any that much comedy. Right. So it's fine. It's right. fine. I don't. I don't care. It's fine. But uh, the mom character, uh, like, great great mom character. Like, yeah. kind of um, Mrs. Incredible, right? Where mm. she's like, yeah, uh, I'm also a superhero. I'm going on this adventure now. Right. Right? But it's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, my kids are in trouble. I'm, I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this minute, or this uh, uh, manticore, mm. get this magic yeah. sword. Uh, fly and fight a dragon. Let's go. Yeah. And it was never like, oh, they're going to be in so much trouble when I get a hold of them. It's like, yes. no, I understand why they're going on this quest. They yeah. want to see their dad. Like, she's just there to love them and protect, and protect them, them. And that's really sweet. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good mom role. Dick, I'm ready with my crossover. Are you? Oh, my you? God. You're ready with your crossover? I'm ready with my crossover. This I thought about be, it. This might be a first in the history of Cellmates podcast. Kate, what's your crossover? Dance off. Dad pants versus Goofy. <laughs> your turn. There's a scene. Yeah, more. Tell me more. There's a scene where um, there's like some high tension. Barley and Ian stop at a gas station and dad's inside the van and uh, Barley's music is blasting and dad pants just starts dancing because he doesn't have ears, right? That's like a theme in this and he, he doesn't have like, ears or a face he can't see anyone he or like hear anyone feels the vibration he feels the vibration through his feet and just starts dancing but immediately the two sons are like oh oh our dad is a bad dancer okay oh, like he's terrible like he's like this very stereotypical dad dancing but yeah. it turns into this fun moment with all of them oh. and say, like goofy also has some day he has the mambo and his yeah. uh little like shower towel and um uh, there's and some the dancing perfect, at the possum the thing cast. too the perfect, hmm? the perfect cast. Oh, the per- yeah, the that's also cast a dance. At the end. Yeah, he teaches that's, power line that move. This is dance. Um. So anyway, I I don't know who would win. Uh, they'd no. They be, would just end up having fun. fun together. I think. All right, all right. I got mine. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's Barley and Pete. Oh. Because they both have sweet decked out vans or mm-hmm. RVs, mm-hmm. and like Pete's a little bit of an antagonist, mm-hmm. but I could see him and Barley just being like, "Hey, let's talk. Let's talk vans." Let's yeah. talk about like talk- <laughs> they they wouldn't necessarily be friends. Mm-hmm. They they would be rivals uh-huh. in like yeah. Be like no no like your van has all the technology but mine's got the heart. Mm-hmm. You know like I I, I want to see that. 
Van Talk with Barley Van and Talk. Pete. Van Talk with Barley and Pete. Welcome to Van Talk with Barley and Pete. I can't do a Pete voice. Uh, Jim Cummings. Uh, made probably like the 32nd time that Jim Cummings has appeared on a movie in this podcast. Uh-huh. And like the eighth time for Rob Paulson. Uh, I don't know that we've done a movie with Rob Paulson in it. No, we've done movies with Rob Paulson. Warner Brothers, and, um, more, right? All right, we'll look it up. Unless he's, um, he might be in Cats, don't We'll dance. check the Summit's wiki. No. Uh, <laughs> wait, who was, sorry, who yeah. was who played Barley? I can't remember his name Chris right Pratt. now. Chris Pratt. Chris uh, Pratt. Like, minor shout out to Chris Pratt. We, we know he's great, but he was great in this. Yeah. He brought a real, like, Jack Black kind of energy to it. Yeah. Um. But in a earnest way, yeah. which I feel Jack Black never really does. I mean, he was like part Andy Dwyer on this part, yeah. like part Star Lord, honestly. Yeah. Like, but it was it was, it was great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It might be time, Dick, for the final final cut cut where we select uh-huh. an option for each of these movies. Ooh. Either we will re-release them into the wild. Uh. No, into the theater when the theater is a thing again. So, like, I guess on streaming for now. I mean, they're always on stream, but not for thirty dollars. Re-release as new, uh, special edition in some way. Yeah. Or vault them. Oh. So let's start with a goofy movie. Uh, yeah, I re-release this. I love this movie. Yeah, it's a re-release. The more we talk about it, the more I like no. a goofy movie. Special edition. Take out Bigfoot. Like have, have like have like a tree fall on the car for the high dad soup scene, yeah. So actually, they can't get out. Or like, just like the battery's dead. Right, right. There's easier ways to do yeah. this. Take out Bigfoot. That yeah. Take out special Bigfoot. edition. Okay, special edition. No Bigfoot. Great. Um, okay, mm-hmm. what about onward? I, uh, Ooh. I'm trying to think whether Ooh. this is a solid movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I don't think I, you were saying before that you might, there, that there were some, there was a or more than one Bigfoot scene in Onward that you would take out. Yeah. There's I can't padding. remember any now. Okay. To like shout them out specifically to take out. So I might say re-release. Okay. Um, also, because it just never had a chance in the theater. Yeah. Neither of these movies uh, saw a healthy a- life in the theater. Right. Goofy movie because it was delayed it was supposed to be released november of 94 but yeah. wasn't ready in time and so they re-released lion king instead and i'm sure even just the re-release alone of lion king made more because goofy movie made like 30 million in the theaters yes. so, like very low which in 95 even is not yeah very much well, um, lion king made like 300 million i mean in its first year i think yeah. lion king's up to like eight like worldwide i think it's yeah. close to a billion yeah the original um. Yeah. So ne. So ne- I mean, neither of these movies got a good theatrical run. Like, got the theatrical run they deserved. Right. So I think it's a re-release for me. Nice. And onward. What about you? On- onward for me is a special edition. I I just want another pass at, at some of these some of the some of the jokes. Mm. Uh, there's just there's a little too much. Like, oh, there's fairies, but they're mean. Mm. Or. There's unicorns, but they eat garbage. But they're rats, yeah. Yeah, it's like there's a little too much of that. Mm, yeah. Um, for a movie that's otherwise like, it, it's it's already a funny movie. Mm-hmm. You don't need to Shrek it up. 
Yeah. Like the the like just take out Yeah, the biker fairies were Take out the biker fairies. I never cared just, about the biker just fairies. Just give me something else. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Cool. Hey. Dick, do you want to go on a road trip? Uh somewhere within the tri-state area cuz we're not allowed to go anywhere else right now? No, you have to go to work on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Do you want to take a road trip sometime in the next decade? Yes. Great. Do you want to order Let's some go. dinner soon? Sure. Great. For so much podcast. <laughs> oh, wait. So if you want to recommend us a pairing or a single movie or just give us some feedback uh-huh. or tell us we're nice, uh, which I think we're pretty nice. Recommend a road trip? Recommend a road trip? Yeah. If you know anywhere in the uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area that we could go, there's a couple of options. New yeah. York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Um, that we'd be, you know, we'll take those. Um, you can hit us up at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast at Facebook, Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a website that will one day be updated, maybe. Uh, I think that's, that's it. Uh, for Cellmates Podcast, I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. Happy trails. Happy trails. Yeah, I mean, what are the characters it, are there? Colt? Colt is the stepdad sure. horse? Yeah. Centaur? That centaur, right. right? Horse tar. Well, centaur is... A horse tar would just be a horse? I don't know. A horse's body on a horse's legs? <laughs> That's just a horse. What if it's two different... Like, what if it's like a zebra front half and a horse back half? That'd be a zebra tour. What if it's like a... Um, like a Clydesdale front half on like a uh, like a normal horse back. But that's half. not the way centaurs work. It's it's split uh, hot dog style, not hamburger. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's like not front half, back half. It's bottom half, your top half. The horse's neck becomes yeah. another torso. Centaurs have two torsos. Oh, so it has six legs then? Well, the, your version of it. A centaur has two arms. Right. So, so if it's like a zebra tar, so a, a centaur that's two it, horses would be, yeah. Then it n- starts being like a hoofed centipede part of a, kind part of deal. Of a horse sticking out of another horse. Horse I don't, centipede. I'm trying to visualize it, and now I'm not going to because I don't want to.